Vera Payne. Austin-based Tritonal is a musical duo consisting of Chad Cineros and David Reed. The group is best known for their original productions and remixes of a wide variety of musical genres, including trance, progressive house, big room house, and electro house. One half of Tritonal, Chad Cineros, joins me to speak about how the pandemic has changed them musically and their latest project. Thanks for joining me, Chad. You're welcome. How are you today? Uh, pretty good. How you been? been a crazy year. We had this crazy ice apocalypse in Texas that, like, froze us out for a week with no power. And we didn't have water for five nights. When it came back on, our third-story bathtub, which we left it drip because we thought that, you know, if the pipes were frozen, they would bust. Well, that drip was a steady flow, and the builders never removed the overflow drain valve plug from the bathtub. It overflowed down three stories all night, and we woke up to a nightmare at about 4 a.m. Oh, my God. All that water damage. What are you going to do? Well, it's already been done. You know, had a mitigation flood team there within a few hours and plumbers. We ended up gutting the, pretty much the whole house because the water came down through the middle of the house. So I'm now a little over 60 days into a full rebuild internally. And we're almost there. We've been turning and burning, putting in, you know, 10, 12-hour days every day. Now, what's funny is that if your wife had any renovations, this is the time to do it. She should sneak in some new She's kitchen title. We're, we're, bo we're both all over it. This is going to turn into an amazing opportunity to make our house more amazing than it already was. But, yeah, it's equally traumatic, right? So one part amazing, two part traumatic, and you've got yourself life. Did David, right. your other partner, did he have um, any trouble in his house? Yeah, he was having, like most Texans in our area, having to cook, you know, snow, you know, use snow as toilet water and all kinds of fun like that. But he, he didn't have a full-out catastrophe where he's going to have to rebuild his home. And he's kind of holding it down for both of us right now, studio-wise. I know we just dropped an album, but we're going to drop our second album, which we've been working on for a minute now, early 2022. And it's much different from Reverence. It's more of a, you know, big, bright, dance-based, tritonal album. But, yeah, he's holding it down. I'm in contact with him every day. That's the great thing about a partnership. We've been working together so long offloading the duty, you know, trade and radio show every week. He finishes the remix, I'll finish up a record, or he masters a track and I work on a remix or whatever we're doing. We're both equally proficient uh, producers. So that's one of the reasons why Tritonal has been able to sort of keep the tires on the tracks, you know, for so long is because we work so well together. Now, the last time I spoke to you was back in 2018, a long time ago, and you guys were doing pretty well. But how have you guys been faring during the pandemic? You know, like so many people, I think early on we thought it was going to blow by in a few months. And then, you know, later during the year, we were sort of grieving, you know, the political climate was supercharged with divisiveness like it always is, although it felt even more so in the last election period, as well as you had just the grief and the mourning for so many people that were either suffering or dying or having loved ones. You know, and then with that, on top of the amount of misinformation and and just not being able to use music as therapy like we have for so long with touring. And, you know, I think it was tragic, but it was also an amazing opportunity for Dave and I, which is how Reverence was born. It was, you know, through that that pain of just what we were going through as a, as a human collective consciousness, I think Dave and I both made a conscious decision to sort of turn within and just reroute down into the sort of 
totality of our artistic beingness, if you want to say it like that, and just ask ourselves some fundamental questions again and get real clear on what we wanted our purpose to be and what we wanted our sound to be and what we wanted to do with the time and just dig back in. You know, I think when you get, when any artist has success, ultimately a team is built up around that artist and you've got so many cooks in the kitchen and it becomes a corporation and that corporation you know, starts to base its sort of success or failures like all corporations do in a capitalistic model on, on profit margin and on how that corporation's doing. And we were caught up in all that, and I think everyone can be, and, and we all do that. But, you know, that time for COVID when we were quarantined allowed Dave and I to really re-explore why we do what we do, what our role we see you know, what purpose do we specifically serve? What's our voice? What's our message? And, you know, what do we want to say? And I think that crystallizing all those things and really coming, um, getting brass tacks about what all those things are and how they either parallel our outward life or don't parallel it and need to be brought into harmonization, whichever side of the fence those conversations led, they were always fruitful in the fact that we got clearer and clearer on our vision. And I think anytime that you get clearer and clearer on your vision, everything else seems to fall into place so much easier, you know, and reverence was sort of outborn out of just that state of awareness. I can see why you would be heading into this general direction. Now, when it comes to this particular album, I heard it was described as like a meditation or yoga-esque. It's very much a technology. It's unlike any album we've written before in that this was single-pointedly written as a tool to allow people who would like to meditate or close their eyes and find some, you know, inner spaciousness to do that more easily. And so it works as that technology. And I also think that we wrote it compositionally in a way that's also very pragmatic in that you can use the album as a, just a purely listening enjoyment experience as well, as well as just kind of have it on while you're doing the sort of daily ho-hum things. I think that it's ambient and it's peaceful and it's compositionally written as a, in a way that also can sort of be used as an auditory technology. And that's quite different than any other tritonal album and honestly different than any other piece of music we've ever commercially released. I think that because the album was so cohesive and single-pointed in that regard, that we were able to write it also as one piece of music that's 60 minutes long. So although it's cut up and chopped up into however many tracks it came out to be, 12 or 13, however many there are, it was written in one project file, and it was written single-pointedly with one direction, and then what we were able to do is we were able to automate meter changes, key signature changes, and BPM changes. And, you know, really continue to make that one evolving, continuous, flowing piece of music. Now, since neither of you had experience going into this kind of genre, did anyone inspire you in your work? Totally. I mean, so the thing about this sort of music, this sort of meditative, piano-based composition, ethereal, is being explored by some amazing artists. And this is the kind of stuff that, like, when we're traveling pre 
COVID, we were doing 100, 150 shows a year. It was nonstop touring, basically. We're always having sort of like in-between time, so to speak. And because the nightclubs and the festivals and the pool parties are so highly charged, I think for both of us to be able to recuperate and restore, this is the kind of music that's been so helpful in doing that. And so, you know, Neil Strom who's an amazing piano-based comp- composer, John Hopkins, Brian Eno, you know, BT. I think that there's so many acts that we could name that have inspired this sort of thing. But beyond just even ambient music or chill out, like Dave and I will straight up listen to binaural beats, which is it's a scientific phenomena, as well as drones, just nonstop evolving drones. It's kind of like when you're driving a car it through a windy road and you get just sort of lost and you're not in a state of hypnosis but you're in a state of awareness where your body's doing one thing and you're free from the clutches of that conscious awareness it, it allows you to sort of free flow or enter a state of flow state internally and so that's what's really cool for it about it to us and you know with the planet or that's going through so much suffering right now even now even that we're on the other side of it in the united states so to speak with vaccinations and everything like india's 350,000 plus new cases a day right now like the planet's going through some shit dave and i just felt like you know writing a typical party album or super highly charged energetic bright you know, dance album did not feel appropriate. We, I didn't feel like we were honoring the moment. And I feel like that is what we want to do as artists now, like backing up to that earlier part of the conversation when I told you that we wanted to really ask ourselves again, who are we? What do we want to mean to the dance community? And what do we want our message and our voice to be about? When we answered those questions, we got really clear on what our next artistic output needs to be. And it needs to be something that could transcend, inspire, and uplift, right? And so we wrote a piece of music that we feel like just leaves the planet in a freaking better place than we left it. And I can't say that a lot of our career we've produced out of that paradigm or that model. A lot of times it's about how big is the record, how catchy is the hook, how great is the song, how big is the drop, how bang is the beat, whatever. It's all these other things that you sort of use as structures to judge what a record is, right? And I think that stepping out of even that model and just asking ourselves some really fundamental things allowed us to do something really different, which I'm really proud of. I think that, you know, a lot of DJs slash electronic artists, you know, Dave and I have been able to do this successfully now for 14 years and to be able to come to a place of maturity where we're able to really step into ourselves as conscious human beings and really step into the role of and responsibility of being an act who can use their platform for conscious change, it brings a whole new level of meaning and purpose to what we do as electronic dance music artists, if that makes sense. No, it does, because I can see both of you had an idea of where you wanted this album to go. And that's wonderful. Now, in the case of Reverence, what was the process in the direction of this particular track? 
Well, so it's not a track. It's a full-length 60-minute album, but I guess you could call it a track. And it was all written in one project file, which I don't know how familiar you are with Logic Pro X or Pro Tools or Ableton Live or any of these DAWs. But historically, we've been using computer and digital technology in the electronic dance music space for a long time. And like to be able to do an album, literally over 60 minutes of a project in one Logic Pro X file on an iMac Pro, was already insane. We had over 417 tracks in this project file. We've never attempted to do a project file that big, primarily because they crash and corrupt. So to be able to pull that off was insane. And just the amount of automation we had to do for the metering and the BPM and to try to keep this sort of musically flowing in a harmonic direction, basically rotating around the circle of fifths, if if you're familiar with that. We basically started with a couple of really grounding, beautiful, ethereal chord movements that were are going to be our main themes. And then what we did was we extrapolated all these other movements off of those two A and B themes. And what we did is we continuously over the course of the hour keep coming back home right to these main central themes and leading the kind of building up anxiety within the listener to want to return back home and then resolving that anxiety by doing so in very musical ways and you know we were able to explore tempos we don't ever use like 46 bpm and these really low tempos that were allowed these big really long movements to have just this really transcendent effect and just really awesome as a producer as somebody who's been writing songs both pop records and you know trance records and progressive house records and bass records and We've explored so many facets of electronica as producers over the course of the last 15 years that just as a creative, to be able to really explore Sonic, primarily there's only two vocal you know, moments on the album, and those are both chants that were, are Sanskrit, and you know they're not really like written as songs. So what I'm trying to say is to be able to explore the sonics of something purely for the enjoyment of it without having to have a hook, without having to have a chorus, without having to have a drop, without having to have this big take your head off, you know, nitrous oxide confetti and freaking DJs on stages kind of moments. Like to just to be able to sit in the beauty of the isness of now and to just allow those moments to flow and paint and start to create color within the listener's visualization and just really go there for creatively for the sake of creativity, not for any purpose of it trying to garner a certain amount of streams or have a certain amount of duration so it can fit in a certain type of playlist or work on certain type of radio channel or any of those, you know, big check boxes that we think about when we're trying to write a big smash. Like Remove all that, throw it away, throw it in the closet, forget about it, and just write, like, for the pure freedom of writing. And when you do that, I don't know, dude, that's when you're really living life, I feel like. Like, then you're really there. Not that you can't be doing those other things. You can, but when you start from a place of total authenticity, everything else seems to align perfectly.
that's amazing. 60 minutes long, the chance that it could crash, all this passion you're putting into this. Did you ever think of, hey, will our audience, will our fans love what we're doing? Were you ever nervous? So you have to back all the way up again to the first part of our conversations and really ask yourself those questions before you take on something this different. Who am I? What is my role within the dance community? What is my role to my fans? What's our message and what are we trying to say? And when you get real clear on all those things, then you answer the why, the how falls into place and the what falls into place really quickly. But you got to go back and you got to really ask the why. And, you know, I think we were doing that and I was doing that and I was jumping headfirst into serious disciplined meditation for the first time in my life. And I was sitting every day during COVID for over two hours a day. And I'm still over 90 minutes a day now and really dove in to yogic science and the Bhagavad Gita and Patanjali's path of yoga and autobiography of a yogi with Paramahansa Yogananda and really starting to explore transcendence and what is possible beyond mind and what is consciousness and who am I beyond the story in my head that says this is my genetic makeup, this is my ethnicity, this is my race, these are my parents, this are my memories, this is my socioeconomic status, this is my psychophysiological personality makeup, these are all my thought forms, these are my beliefs, and that as a totality, as a complex, makes me who I am. That's the most surface level, you know, shallow aspect of who you are, and that is an aspect of who you are, but is there anything beyond that? Is there anything that's timeless, boundless, eternal, infinite, and at one with the totality of existence? And if there is, how can I access that place, right? And so when you really deep dive into those things and you actually have an experience, not a belief, not just a complex bundle of thought forms, but an actual verifiable experience that blows your mind, then you change. And when you change, the why changes. And now you understand that even if there are fans that are out there that are like, man, I really like when Tritonal drops that heat. I get that, and I do too, and we will do that again. But this isn't for that, and this time isn't about that. And if you don't see that, that's fine. But you've got to respect the authenticity about our message, right? And you don't even have to love the record, play the record, whatever. That's not what even – some people just need to know that this is what we're about, and they'll start to see that in our live shows. And what we want to do is really believe in the message and really stand for those core things and then allow the art to free flow from that. When you're doing that, when you're living from that place of oneness and unity, you know, sure, you'll have a fleeting thought of, oh, what if this isn't received well? But deep down, there's just this knowingness of this is it. I'm tapped in. I'm, you know, when you stick your finger in an electrical socket, you know you've been shocked. And when you're, when you're in flow state, and you're at one with your purpose and what you're supposed to be doing in the moment, there isn't a more present, you know, you know it. There's a knowingness about it that's beyond the questions of should I, shouldn't I type things. And you just kind of know it, man. And that's how it was with us with this album. And, you know, it's going to be one of those albums that it's, it's not going into today's top hits, right? It's not, and it, nor should it. And it needs to just be out there in the collective human consciousness from now and to infinitum. And those 
who are who need it and who it's it's made for, they'll find it. And that's what we believe. We just believe this isn't probably not even for everybody. But like for those it's for, let's make it really, really sweet and really, really special for them. And let's make it for them because we're having these experiences with this time of music and it's changing our lives. So let's put something out there into the world that has the potentiality to do the exact same thing, right? So you're saying to respect the moment, but like all moments, they pass. Will you guys make another yeah. album like this again? I don't know. That all already has come up as a maybe because we had so much fun doing it. Also, again, if we do it again, needs to be coming out of that same passion, purpose, inspiration, reason as to why, right? And their COVID quarantine was the perfect time to do some deep reflection, deep meditation, deep contemplation, and really resurface, rerooted. And we did that. And so if I need to root down again and write another one, baby, I'll do it. You know, I don't know if that's what I'm being called to do right now. I feel like artistically we're ready to do some bigger, brighter things now because we did, you know, nine months with that album staying in those state of consciousness right there, trying to make that feel and sound and be what it is now. And so, yeah, I mean, the answer's maybe. But also, it should be out of inspiration and out of the moment and being called to do it. I know that what I love about the album Reverence is that it gave us a new inspiration for concept albums. I think that, you know, tritonal albums, the first three, were primarily a compilation of really big singles that we then sort of packaged up and buttoned up with some more albumy type records to give it a cohesive flow and a sort of unified nature. But when we wrote Reverence as just one themed out idea, start to finish, and we stayed single pointed on that, that really showed us that like, man, that's really such a higher level, more mature way to conceptualize art and to conceptualize a piece of art, it, whether it be digital art, music, the visual, the story, all about it. And so our next album, we're really taking that heads down approach again of what are we trying to say because the message needs to be congruent, parallel, and harmonious the entire way through. What do we want it to sound like? What's the theme? What's it all about? And I think that instead of just being like caught up in the cycle of a DJ of pumping out a single every four weeks, you know, what's really good to do is to step back and remind ourselves that like we can also conceive of like these big ideas if we want to and let's do that and let's really try to put something out there that got multifaceted and not so one-dimensional if you know what i'm saying now that makes sense well chad thank you so much for joining me i really appreciate you being here for those listening where can they find more information about tritonal uh, at Tritonal Music's the landing pad for all things social media. Thank you so much for having me on today. We love our Tritonians. We're so grateful for that we're still healthy and able to even pursue music. And we cannot wait to be back out on the road either at the end of this year or early next. See all of our beautiful, loving, wonderful fans. So thanks for having me on today. This has been the Mason Vera Payne Show. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to hear more? Head to WGNRadio.com for exclusive content by Mason. Also, follow Mason on Facebook and Twitter at Mason Vera Payne, that's all one word, and don't forget to share the show with your friends.